Hello, I'm Himanshu, your host today. I'm with Jack and Laiba. And we're with Olivia from BBC World Services to talk about PressPad. The reason that we exist, as probably many of you guys know, because it's probably your reality, it is incredibly expensive to do unpaid work experience, which is the primary route into journalism and the media. Um, so this is Jonathan Levy, um, uh, an editor at Sky News, and a lot of you know bosses and editors in the business are very aware of this problem. The route into journalism tends to run through expensive postgraduate courses and unpaid internships, where you won't find many young people from poorer or ethnic minority backgrounds. That's what he says uh, where he's sitting in the newsroom. Um, in addition, the Sutton Trust says it costs uh, more than £1,000 a month to do an unpaid internship in London. So it's looking increasingly less rosy. Um, and what we found is that um, what we have put together, a scheme that matches people living outside of major cities with affordable accommodation and a senior journalist who has a spare room for mentorship and hosting, kind of plugs this gap because it means that you don't have to worry about saving tons of money, you don't have to stop yourself from applying for things that you might have wanted to just because of how much money you have or your parents have or where you live. Um, we're trying to level the playing field in this way. Um, so, as I mentioned, it's not just hosting, it's also mentorship. Um, it's kind of like, if you think about it like Airbnb for interns, what we do, and at the moment we're doing, um, we're going through a kind of transitional phase from what was a free pilot to an affordable and subsidized um, sort of platform. So there'll be, kind of come April, May, um, a website that you can make a profile, search, okay, I want to stay with a woman who um, is cool that I'm a vegan um, and lives in northwest London because that makes my commute to my internship office super easy for these dates, search. And then it will come up with all of the people who are offering their spare room. With Hi, so what, what do you think about Brisbane, Jack? Well, I think it's a good idea. I, um, it's something that I haven't known about until recently. I've done work experience placements before and had to pay um, quite a lot of money to go and travel and stay in places. So I think it's a really good idea for people who want to go to kind of bigger cities and, and do these good work experience placements with big companies to make sure that cost isn't a problem for them. Yeah, and I, I think it's like a great opportunity for people like who are really talented and they don't get the opportunity to go and work in these really good places. Yeah. Where yeah. they would learn a lot yeah. in these newsrooms and they might come back and share this knowledge elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah, money should never be a, like a factor for them not being able to go and do that. And I think yeah. definitely what Presspad are working to do is making sure that that's not the case. Yeah, and they do help with accommodation and I think that's great. They do have 47 interns and that's a great number, I think. Yeah, it's a really good start and it, and it looks like they're definitely going to move on and grow with more funding and things that are coming on yeah. in the future for them. Yeah, and yeah, it's just a start, I, I think, and it will go a long way. It, it's just yeah. in the UK right now, and it might go like whole world to the whole world. Yeah, exactly. So we really care about this. We're not in this for you know to make money off of anyone. We're just seeing something that news organisations are not doing, and we think needs to be done not just to help people like you guys get into the industry, but also to help the industry improve. I don't know if any of you been seeing some, you know, from the organization I work in, you know, people using footage of LeBron James over, you know, in the obituary of Kobe Bryant on the 10 o'clock news. 
yesterday. It's just like face palm emoji, like a thousand times over. It's so embarrassing. Um, Is it uh, the female MP? Female MP yeah. yeah, that went then to the Evening Standard and Getty. Everybody had the wrong name because, of course, you know, all people of color look the same. Not like it's just it's so bad. So. Um, what we like about Presspad and the way we're trying to set it up is, as I was saying, it doesn't just help you guys to do, you know, the experience that you need to get into the industry. Hosts learn a lot from you. You know, I um, was just uh, embarrassed for being a total Londoner by not having any cash um, with the taxi when I got it from the um, railway station. And I was like, oh, can I not just pay on my car because, you know, everything's contactless. Um, people who live in London who are working hard, it's really difficult to get out. And I, if you guys are, you know, obviously interested in like politics and media, you know, Brexit and the most recent election have shown there's like some serious out of touchness going on in our country. So, you know, it's really important as well for our hosts that they could talk to you guys and be like, oh my goodness, I never knew there was this, you know, whole story going on in Northampton. That's fascinating, like, and really important for the whole country. And I think this will help the industry as well because like getting people from different background and they have different talents and th that they bring into the table and they it will be really useful for the for the media to go to grow and have some really different kind of talents from people yeah for to for young people starting the industry to be able to speak and see how journalists who have been there for for ages um, live and are outside of work and be able to pick their brains and speak to them about things is only going to be beneficial for them and for the host who's having them to absolutely to um to hear what the younger minded people have got to say and how what, what things they can bring to the industry so it sounds really good it sounds perfect doesn't it yeah it's unique yeah that, that's the thing like the host will like the host might be a, a little bit older than us yeah so that that would be great experience we could learn <laughs> from him and they would obviously learn a lot from us because like we are the ones living in the current world right now and we are way more like aware of things yeah. that are that are happening with us than them so we can we can we can take a knowledge and share with them so it's kind of a give and take for both of us and it will be great experience for both of us yeah two week unpaid in, like two week internships paid or unpaid are just crap because you get in you get maybe an email at like you know address or a login or something on your third day on your fourth day maybe someone listens to you or you you know you get the confidence to pitch something in a meeting then it's a friday most people leave the office early or whatever the next week you're just thinking about you know can i just get one story in and then get your reference without pissing someone off and then it's over and it's like that's two weeks so you know, personally, I don't think that they are effective and I don't think they're either help. I don't think they're helpful for staff either, because if you're staff and you've got all your own problems and you're trying to sort stuff out, you know, and you're not we're not given much support, you know, with um, interns who are around. And that's why I think more and more the kind of more structured um, placements are, are, are better. The problem there then is that there aren't as many of them on offer and then it becomes, you know, basically a, a race for all the people who have all the, you know, already basically have everything they need to get to get the, you know, the work experience. And, and, and from experience, actually, what because these guys are not just doing old print journalism. Mm. They are doing everything from memes to video explainers, but also being able to write, you know, a 500 word feature and, and take pictures that, it, you know, the, they genuinely are multimedia <laughs> journalists. And I think a lot of the organisations in London who maybe are taking people from more traditional courses 
so yeah. your NCTJ newspaper course, they all do law, they all do mm -hmm. council and court. In fact, the reason that we've not got too many here today is because I think, is it the second years are in? First years are in court doing mags and crown. Mm -hmm. And I think somebody was at an inquest yesterday. So we're doing all that stuff. Mm. But we're doing more than that, so and it's really frustrating. Though my my amateur students from India, they you had to do a month, didn't you? But you didn't necessarily get put in journalism placements. I think. But my what's good? <laughs> Hi, so Laiba, how did you have your like? What was your experience when you were working? Um, it was really really good. Uh, when I was working, I was working as graphic designer and the thing which I learned was how you have to be quick with your work. You cannot say that, okay, this is not my work. If you are working in team, you cannot say that, okay, that girl was not ready to do that, so the work is incomplete. No, you have to do that because you are working in team. So I learned so many things and yeah, I got great opportunities maybe for future. So mine was really good. Hi, so Jack, can you talk about what experience did you gain when you worked at The Telegraph? Uh, well, I can try. Um, yeah. We spoke about it in the chat with uh, Olivia earlier. I didn't have the best time uh, with the Telegraph. Uh, I went to London and paid my own expenses, which is something I would have liked to have press, press pad for then. Um, but it was very much I was kind of left alone. Um, I sort of felt like I was um, interfering on their time, asking for stuff to do. I kind of didn't feel... I didn't feel important at all. I was kind of making drinks and doing little, little jobs like that. Nothing like what you have for your six weeks yeah. at library. It's, it would sounded really good, uh, and you feel like probably part of the team a lot more than yeah. what I did. But I can see what um, Olivia was saying there about when you have these little one and two week work experiences where they just kind of forget about you and just kind of keep you there just for the sake of it. I definitely see where she's coming from and why the internships, which are sometimes longer, are more beneficial for people to have. We'll also be bringing workshops. Um, so um, my co-founder, Laura, works for a company called First Draft. And what they do is verification. So if you know, sometimes even, I don't know, do any of you guys have 9gag on your phones? No? It's like an app that's got, yeah, you, you do. No? No, you're, you're smiling as if you did. OK, but it has like a, some memes and loads of like footage and stuff. And sometimes like nowadays in the whole digital world we live in, we don't know what's real and what's not. She works in an organization that helps you work out, okay, if someone shares this photo, like, can you access the metadata? Can you work out, you know, if someone sends a tweet? I had, I worked on um, a story about a Trump uh, Twitter troll and all of her little trollettes cloned my account so it looked like me and posted loads of stuff on the internet saying just horrible things. Um, and my bosses called me up and they were like, Olivia, have you gone mad? I was like, that's not me. And in the end, they, in my name, it has two L's, they put two capital I's, and it looked exactly like my account. So verification, we're also wanting to give you guys workshops, not just telling you about PressPad, but other things that we think will be helpful to you. She talked about the verification, and yeah, I really think that it, people should feel safe when they, they, when they are leaving their hometown and going to London. Yeah, I mean, effectively, you are just going to live with a stranger for a little bit. So she needs to make sure that the people doing it do feel safe. And she definitely emphasised that to us throughout her presentation, that it's all very safe. She talked about DBS checks and making sure that everyone is fine and, and safe as they can be. And the roadshows are kind of really interesting things because they are giving workshops and really educating people, new journalists like us on the things that that are really relevant right now 
think about the m- metadata she talked about like how you can process the metadata and find out if a photo or a video is fake or edited that stuff is really useful right now because a lot of fake news the journalists need to be on top of technologies to tackle all these issues they work in totally unique way yeah and these workshops will be really really yeah. useful for us and of course like i said the industry um everybody is benefiting because if we have uh a media that's more in touch and more relevant we have more dedicated audiences that means money we're all businesses ultimately even the bbc you know has to have people that sign up to the license fee so you know it, it, in essence it is better for the industry if we can make sure that we're reflecting society back to itself and that also goes as well to the maybe more ideological aspect of what journalism is as the as the fourth estate we hold power to account if we're not able to you know have interest or insight or access to communities that needs us to do investigations for them to you know like grenfell for example again a very london story but you know hit the whole nation you know that was a stone throw away from you know bbc buildings in white city loads of top journalists nobody was embedded in that community and knew what was going on and that meant that when it came to reporting people were really angry and they were right to be angry because the media just showed up stuck a microphone in someone's face and there was none of that community engagement and nobody cared until suddenly there was a massive disaster and people have been talking about problems in that building and with the council for a long time to really report on diverse crimes and diverse issues that we, that we all face today we need diverse reporters and diverse journalists that's that's what will that that is what will bring forward stories that are unheard about right now yeah uh, uh, 100% and i think the example she gave there of the grenfell tower is one that shows it perfectly is that there were people reporting on it before the tower burst into flames there was people blogging about it there was people moaning to their councillors about it and and campaigning for change but no one listened to them because they were a small minority group and it wasn't until something disastrous like that happened that people started to listen and take note of things like that are happening it's just a shame it didn't happen before like olivia said in that in that clip yeah absolutely jack because because the thing is the peop- most of the people in these newsrooms the big media companies right now are like more are the people who are, who are a lot privileged than most of us yeah so the stories they they want to talk about are not the stories that affect us yeah so the stories really affecting the common people and the people the working class people are the ones not being reported and not being talked about in the media in the mainstream media and this is the thing that like the that that we don't like yeah and we need to change this and olivia is t- taking a really big step to change this yeah and i think we really need to appreciate that i think she gave the statistic yeah. at the start that 46% of um editors in newsrooms are embarrassed about the diversity that they have in their staff which says exactly what we've been talking about there isn't that diversity to report on all range of stories from from society and and it's exactly what olivia is kind of campaigning to change yeah absolutely um i i have a really privileged background i'm always really honest about that my parents are both doctors so they're not in the journalism world but they're you know um and pretty well off so um, how on earth did you end up in journalism <laughs> if you have two parents as doctors and i know from our conversation you're the first born yes i am so, so how come you're not a doctor so they said oh, my mum said over my dead body will you become a doctor um partly because i think um 
it's very stressful. They're both psychiatrists, um, so take from that what you want. Um, but you know, there was definitely a shared interest in social justice, in helping people who were, you know, maybe ignored by society, um, and in listening. And you know, psychiatrists listen a lot. And journalists listen a lot. Good journalists listen a lot. So um, I think there was a kind of connection there. Um, but I went to private school. I went to Cambridge. Um, and then I got a very, very big scholarship and went to Columbia Journalism School in New York, um, which is the only Ivy League journalism school. And um, all of that means that I'm a part of every so-called elite club. And I can tell you, they're just clubs. So. That's a system that I've seen from the inside, and um, I don't think it's fair. And I don't actually think that um, those people are the best journalists or you know, the most clever. Um, it's just a kind of feudal system of elitism that you know, um, I'm happy to unpick. Because but it's basically, it's what you can afford, isn't it? Because I presume that you, you got help to go and live in New York? Or? So, so, yeah, so um, I, I had um, a bit of money from my grandma, um, and so that's what I used for that. My scholarship to Columbia was, and this will make your heart kind of turn over, so there, obviously, you probably know in America, um, university is super expensive. The whole course when I went, it'll be more expensive now, because um, of inflation and all that, um, was $54,000, uh, rather. Um, I got 48000 in scholarship thereabouts. Um, so it ended up being about the same as if I had gone to Cardiff or okay. um, in terms of the exchange rate, which was very weak at the time because this was pre-Brexit. Um, uh, but still, you know, really expensive and without the scholarship, there's no way I would have been able to go. So that was uh, Olivia there talking about her uni experiences. So she obviously went to Cambridge and then and all the way over to, um, the Ameri to America to study at Columbia. Sounds like she had a really um, decent um, education, didn't she? Yeah, and a lot of work experience. Like she talked about working at Vice and BuzzFeed. Yeah, it really it really helps to talk, uh, to work at, at different places because like now she can work every like she she can work on In me, different fields. Different fields, yeah, yeah, a lot of fields. Like she can produce content for content for net internet yeah. broadcast. Yeah. She'd newspaper yeah she's completely multimedia because yeah, she's she, done it all hasn't she yeah. from uh, here and in America yeah, yeah. but I, then she mentioned that uh, she was not at all interested in journalism um, yeah but then but she did that's the thing right she was she wasn't interested in journalism but she she wanted to do some good yeah yeah she wanted to help people that's exactly. what that's what made her come into journalism and basically create this press pad because yeah yeah that is yeah. it about yeah, it's, it, it's uh, yeah, it's kind of her ethics and morals that are helping her in her job, and then now doing this with Presspad is kind of an extension of everything she's been doing in her work so far. And now she works at the BBC as um, in the World Service. Yeah, I had the same thing when I arrived at the BBC. Um, you know, even I mean, I think it was only a couple of. I think it was before I started Presspad. Um, uh, and you know, I had a, a, a boss say to me, um, I said, you know, basically just. Just tell me where I can go so that I can make a move from producer to reporter. I can shoot, I can film, I can present, I can do radio, I can do all of everything that you know. Um, you guys have said I, I can do, you know, gifs and memes. In fact, I did a uh, BuzzFeed listicle of 20 um, things we can all do in 2020 to help diversify the media. One second, let me finish my sentence. Um, and uh, I said to him, you know, 
like tell me where I can go, what's coming up. And he said, well, to be honest, we're not really set up for journalists like you, despite being told by everybody that multimedia was the way to go and that we needed to be able to do everything. Then you find when you get into these workplaces, they just want to put you in a box. And in fact, actually, the system and the setup and your superiors um, are not they're not um, kind of orientated for that multimedia approach. And so they don't know what to do with you. And that was what I was told. We don't know what to do with you. So what, what at World Service, what's the, is it easy enough to get in there? Because I know that because we're BJTC accredited course, that actually World Service is one of those places that you can apply. Mm. Um, when you do, you, you yeah. we get slightly kind of ahead of the game on uh, placements. Um, what does your day involve at, at World Service? Yes. So I saw you tweeting the other day for a journo request. Yes. I need somebody like in, in an hour. In an hour please. in West London, please. Yeah. <laughs> and then I got three people, four people. Um, so at the moment I work for World TV, which is a little different from World Service Radio, although it's basically the same. It's the outward kind of international um, arm of the BBC. Um, I started off in World Service Radio at um, a, a sort of news bulletin for younger audiences in the global south called BBC Minute. That was five stories, a news bulletin in a minute, two people in a studio, basically like a conversation. So was it Jack? So I'd be like, Jack, did you hear about, um, I don't know, uh, Cardi B's you know, brother being like, arrested for you know, sexual assault or whatever? And we would like talk about the stories, everything from you know, um, the latest on like the coronavirus to sport to you know, pop culture. So that's what I started doing. And um, the day there would be 10-hour shifts, um, really intense. Every half hour, we would record, write, record, and edit a bulletin, and then send it out, working in teams of two. That was a really intense job. Um, after that, I went to World TV, which is where I am now. And we basically have um, it's a 24-7 channel. We work towards different programs. There are also bulletins in between. So there's branded programs with special presenters. Um, and essentially an average day so when i go back and i start my shift today i'll go in there'll be a meeting um for my particular program or my particular kind of shift start time we'll talk about what you know should be leading the program at that point um and then discuss other kind of features what commissions there are from news gathering what correspondents are working on etc and then we usually we get allocated assigned a certain segment or a story to carry through we may do that across more than one program um so for example the other day when you saw that tweet i was um working on a on a segment to find a guest to talk about fashion sustainability at the baftas it sounds like she, she really had she really did a good good she really had fun at bbc yeah, it sounds like she has really busy shifts and uh, if she's either out there speaking to people, reporting or even doing some producing, it sounds it sounds crazy. It sounds like no no days diff- no days the same, sorry, um with what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, sometimes she's producing, sometimes she's reporting, she's multi like she's doing a lot of things and she's quite busy at the job. Thank you Olivia for spreading the word on press pad and thank you Laiva, thank you Jack and I'm Himanshu and I'll be I'll be taking your leave. Bye-bye. <laughs>